0: Good morning, game changers. Welcome to Life Church X Online. We're so glad that you're with us today. We are in week three of our message series entitled The Holy Spirit Do You Know Him? And I am so excited to be able to share these messages with you that have been on my heart. I feel like uh, the Holy Spirit is so important to me, He's such an important person in my life that I just can't wait to share him with people who I love, who I know. I feel like everybody needs to know who he is. If you get to know me and you spend some time with me, I promise you it won't be long before I start talking to you about my family. I'm so proud of my wife and of my children. I love them, and you get around me for just a short amount of time, and I'm going to be bragging on them. I'm going to be sharing stories about them, and it's just going to be coming out of me as a natural excitement and zeal because I'm proud of them, and I love them so much. That's how I feel about the Holy Spirit, too. I just can't wait to introduce you to him. I feel like these series, these messages are not as much... Teaching on the Holy Spirit, I mean, it is, but for me, it's more about introducing you to Him so that you can know Him better. I know some of you know Him already, but we can all continue to grow deeper and deeper in our intimacy, in our relationship with Him. And so I'm excited to get into our message today. The title of week three is He Comes with Power. He Comes with Power. Let's begin by reading in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verses 15 through 18. These are the words of Jesus and some of his final moments when he is resurrected before he ascends back to be with the Father in heaven. He says here, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Father, we just invite you now to have your way in this place today. We permit you, Holy Spirit, to move in every home, in every room, in every life of a yielded heart right now in these moments ahead. It's only with you that amazing things can happen, God. Without you, nothing of transformational value can occur. I ask that you would just speak through me. Use me, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, these words of Jesus here in Mark chapter 16, many of you probably are aware, are what are referred to as the Great Commission. Actually, in the Gospel of Matthew, there's a similar address from Jesus to the disciples. In that particular uh, section, he says, go and make disciples of all of the nations. And so what we see here is this strong, compelling charge this mission that Jesus imparts to the disciples and to the rest of the church to go and carry forth after he leaves. It's a powerful, powerful mission, one that's continued to echo all through the ages and centuries and a mission and mandate that's still well and alive right now in the church today. But here's what I want to kind of draw your attention to is that Jesus gives this major charge, this huge mission, but these aren't the final words of Jesus. These aren't the last things that Jesus actually says. In order to really put all this together, you have to read all four of the Gospels, and you have to read the book of Acts, and you see different accounts of these final moments with Jesus from different perspectives. You have to lay all of them together. It's what's called cohesive exegesis in order to get an accurate timeline of events in the way that they occur. I share that with you because I think what is so important to understand are what the final words of Jesus really are after he gives this strong charge and this strong mission to the church. Let me say this as well, before I give you those final words of Jesus, that that mission and mandate to go into the world and make disciples, to lay hands on the sick, all of these different things are still the mandate and mission of the church today that you and I as members of the church are to be responsible for carrying ourselves as well. So it's a powerful mission, huge uh, challenge to go forth and, and take up. And stand for. Here are the words that Jesus actually says. We see it in the Gospel of Luke, but I'm going to read it from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8, because they speak to the same occurrence. It says here, Jesus said to them, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Wow. So you see this huge charge, this huge mission and assignment that Jesus gives us. He gave them. He's giving to us. And he says, this is what I want you to do, okay? But he says, before you do that, you've got to have power. You've got to have a power that you don't presently have right now. And so you need to go and you need to wait until you receive this endowment of power from heaven. They had to have it. Do you understand that? In order to fulfill the Great Commission, it would be impossible to take one step in that direction until they had this power that Jesus was talking about. Can I ask you a question today? Are you living with power right now in your own life? Let me say it like this. The church must have God's power to fulfill the Great Commission But let me say it this way as well, you must have God's power to fulfill His supernatural calling that's on your life. I mean, I'm not saying you can't just live a good life and do some good things on your own, probably could. What I'm saying is you can't fully accomplish the purpose that God has created you for in your life without His supernatural power. Think about it for just a moment with me. Your calling is from heaven. Your purpose and your destiny is something that was authored and birthed in the Spirit of God. So it must be sustained by the Spirit and power of God. We have to have and live with this kind of power. And I believe that we are in a time today where the church is ready to rise up and begin to function with massive levels of power, not just in the walls of the church. In fact, that's really a small part of it. Massive levels of power flowing out of the church into the streets and into the communities around us. Man, that just gets me going. Does that fire you up today? If that does, do this. Can you give me a fist bump a muscle, a high-five, hands-raised emoji. Just let me know that God is speaking to you and he's ministering to you right now. So we need this power. You see, after Pentecost occurred, we know that last week we spoke about what is Pentecost. Today, actually, is Pentecost Sunday that we celebrate here in the evangelical church. This is a significant day. Well, after Pentecost occurred... And this power came. The Holy Spirit fell and endued all of those brethren with this new, amazing power. This is what you see when you study the book of Acts. Life was completely different after that. I mean, they were totally different in the way they functioned and in the way that they ministered. Have you ever had a situation like that in your life where... I don't know, something happened, maybe it was a near-death experience, maybe the birth of a child, different monumental moments where you kind of come out of that thing and you're like, I'm never going to be the same again. I I will never be the same as I was before this event occurred. I mean, this is what receiving power from on high will do to you. It will cause you to live in a way where you can never go back because you've encountered something that's greater than what you've ever known down here on this earth. We see, first of all, that Peter did that. He went out and he laid hands on a lame man. You remember that? He was begging for silver and gold. He said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And the man was healed in that moment. As Peter just began to walk out into the streets, we didn't see things like that happening on just normal levels all the time in the lives of the disciples before this power came. We see that Peter had this just huge sermon that he delivered after he received power where 3,000 people were saved. I mean, look, Let's just be honest. Every pastor dreams of a sermon like that, right? I mean, every pastor wants to preach a message where 3,000 people get saved at one time. But you know why that happened? It didn't happen because Peter, all of a sudden, just became such a great preacher. It didn't happen because Peter had worked on his eloquent speech and practice and prepared so much. I'm not saying we don't do those things we do. It happened because Peter was moving with a brand new power that he had never had. This power that the Holy Spirit, my best friend, that he brings into our lives whenever he comes. We know Paul functioned the same way. The apostle Paul, he said, I don't come to you In eloquent speech or persuasive words, I come to you in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, 1 Corinthians. You know why he said that? He said, because that way your faith won't be in the wisdom of man, but it will be in the power of God. You see, we are created to function in a supernatural kind of power but there must be an endowment from heaven in our lives and upon us in order for us to be able to move that way. You know, Jesus himself even demonstrated walking in this power from the Holy Spirit coming upon him. I don't know if you've ever thought of that or you've ever noticed that in Scripture, but it actually happened at the baptism of Jesus. Let's read here in Luke chapter 3, verses 21 through 22. It says, When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. Remember that phrase, upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son, and in you I am well pleased. Just a few verses later, it says that Jesus went out filled with the Holy Spirit. Matthew's account of the baptism says, The Holy Spirit descended like a dove and rested upon him. So here's what happened, okay? Remember, he's Jesus, and he could do this any way he wanted to, but he did things very specifically to exemplify for us what the kind of life he was calling us to live needed to look like. And so in doing so, the Holy Spirit came from heaven and fell upon Jesus at his baptism, and then he himself began to go out and function in a new level of power than he had ever previously functioned in. Study the scriptures and you'll see that. Can I tell you something? I want our ministry at Life Church X and everything that God does through me and through us to look like that, to look like a ministry that's functioning in God's power where no one could ever look around and say, man, that's something that anybody could do. Or that's something that some talented individual could achieve. I want everything that happens through the ministry that God does here to be looked at by people and say, only God could do something like that. It's too powerful. It's too significant. That could never originate with man. And I believe if that's really what our heart is, then that's what God's going to give us. I feel like I want every ounce of power that the Holy Spirit can and wants to bring in our ministry and in our lives. You say, well, that sounds pretty basic, but let me tell you something. I have found not everybody feels that way. Not everybody thinks like that when it comes to the Holy Spirit. In fact, there's a lot of people who want just enough of him to keep things comfortable and convenient. Let's face it, when power comes, things get disrupted, right? In our lives and in the situation all around us, we just have to accept that's part of this flow of power. But there's people who say, I just want enough of him to kind of feel comfortable. I just want it nice, neat, and pretty, But I don't want so much of him that he comes in and just turns the place upside down. That Holy Spirit guy, he's crazy, and we've got to kind of keep him tame and under control. It's like crazy Uncle Larry, right, when you're at a party and you say, okay, Uncle Larry, uh, can you just sort of keep things under control, maybe stay in the back room, and, you know, I know I'm related to you, people know I'm related to you, but I I just don't want things to get out of hand. And when everybody leaves, then you could come out and kind of be you when it's just us. Some people think like that with the Holy Spirit. Here's what the Bible also tells us. The Holy Spirit can be grieved and the Holy Spirit can be quenched. We have to want him and want everything that he has to bring and has to offer by way of power in our lives in order to see everything that he wants to do come to pass. And I hope that your hunger and appetite for this kind of power and relationship with God is growing and intensifying on every single season as you move forward in your life. I really do. Here's another thought, is the Holy Spirit has been moving in the earth as the active agent of God here on earth since the beginning. I don't know if you've thought about that before, but you could go all the way back to the Old Testament and see examples of the Holy Spirit falling or coming upon men. Do you remember that when we just read here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Holy Spirit would come upon them? Another way that they say this in the Bible in the New Testament is that the Holy Spirit would come and baptize them that Jesus would baptize them in fire and in the Holy Spirit. These are all different terms that are synonymous with a, a falling and an endowment of power by the person of God, the Holy Spirit, from heaven on the lives of men. It functioned a little differently in the Old Testament because God would give the Holy Spirit in specific cases and specific situations. In the New Testament, the Bible says, if your fathers who are earthly know how to give you good gifts, how would your father in heaven not give you the gift of the Holy Spirit as long as you ask him? This power is available to every one of us who call ourselves sons and daughters of Christ. But Let's take a look just a few examples here in Numbers chapter 11. Verse 17, Moses is calling the elders together because God's instructing him that he wants to use elders to help Moses in the ministry over Israel. And this is what God says to Moses. Once you've gathered the 70 elders, he says, I will come down and I will talk with you there. I will take of the spirit that is upon you. You see that? Spirit was upon Moses. And I will put the same upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with you that you may not bear it yourself alone. You see what's happening? God says, Moses, the spirit of God that's on you, that's upon you, the power that's over your life that's supernatural, that's allowing you to do things you can't do on your own, I'm gonna put that same power on these 70 elders so that they can function in a level of supernatural power to help lead the people into the purposes that I have for them you you could see it so clearly that in order for us to function in God's calling on our life we must have power upon us we must be baptized immersed in God's holy spirit and in fire to be able to function in this kind of power 1 samuel 16:13 it says the, that Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him this is david when he was anointed king in the midst of his brothers And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Wow. This is powerful. The Spirit of the Lord is coming upon sons and daughters, and they are receiving power that is now flowing from heaven and through their lives where they're functioning in a capacity like never before. Do you remember that John the Baptist said, I baptize in water, but there's one who's coming after me whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Let's go back to Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, so we can see here that the baptism of fire or baptism of the Holy Spirit is the same situation where they are endued with power from on high. It means the same thing. They're just different terms to describe the same kind of event. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, it says, Being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, But you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So the the coming of the power upon them means they were baptized in the fire and Holy Spirit of God. Peter even said in the book of Acts when he had prayed and the Holy Spirit fell upon a bunch of people that he was speaking to, he said, when that happened, I remembered what Jesus said when he said, I would baptize them with fire. So he said, this is what he had talked about. So it began at Pentecost, but it just continued to happen again and again and again, and it built again and again and again, and it's still building today because God wants to release his power upon us so that we can function in a way where we can fulfill his mission for our lives and for his church while we're here on this earth. Why would we not want that kind of power? If we know it's available, we know we need it, and we know it brings a new level of intimacy and closeness with the Holy Spirit than we've had before. I'm going to kind of wrap it down with this. As you go through the book of Acts, you see in several situations where Peter or some of the apostles would go into a region or into an area. Let's take Acts chapter 8, for example. They went into an area where there were some of the disciples. It says that they had heard the word and received the word, meaning the gospel. So they believed and had faith in Jesus. And it says they were baptized in water. But when they came, Peter and John came, they had not yet... Had the Holy Spirit fall upon them. I don't know if you thought about this before, but we can actually be infilled with God's Spirit as a result of salvation and being born again, but maybe not necessarily have experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit and in fire, evidenced by this occasion in Acts chapter 8 and other occasions in the book of Acts. And when they were taught about the Holy Spirit, they prayed and the Holy Spirit fell on them as well, and they were then endued with power from on high. Isn't that interesting? We can be saved and born again, but possibly not have come into this experience where we've received the baptism by fire or the baptism of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But God very much wants to bring that and very much wants to give that and release that kind of power over each and every one of us. And here's what I want to say as I close today. I am not ashamed of the Holy Spirit. I'm not a bit embarrassed that I know him so well. In fact, I'm proud of him, and I want to shout it from the rooftops. I'm proud of my wife and my children and my family. If you're going to get to know me, you're going to get to know them, and you're going to find out just how great they are. I feel the same way about the Holy Spirit Let me say it like this, if you were to talk bad about my wife and children, if you were to say mean things about them, I would take that personal and I would have something to say about that. There are a lot of people who are ashamed of the Holy Spirit functioning in their lives or in the church today. And I believe that God is doing something on the earth right now where he is beginning to call upon those who will contend for a move of his power like never before. Trust me when I say this. As a minister of the gospel, we need the power of the Holy Spirit filling our churches and flowing out of our churches into our streets like never before. It's the game changer that's going to bring the transformational difference that we all want to see all around us in our communities. And so I'm praying for you today. If your heart is hungry and if you're open and you are ready to receive what the Bible describes as the baptism of fire, the baptism in God's Holy Spirit. Would you just allow yourself to yield to him right now? And I believe if you are open, according to scripture, that God is going to release an endowment of power over you here and now in your life. It will be amazing, and you will sense his presence in a most intense way. I would say just yield fully, allow him to come And do everything it is that he wants to do. Father, in Jesus' name, right now, as I'm speaking these words, I am contending for a release of power by your Holy Spirit over the lives of every single person in every single city, room, and home that are listening right now who are hungry. And are saying to you in their heart, God, I want your Holy Spirit. Would you baptize them right now in Jesus' name? Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Would you just pour your spirit out. Mark them and mark this day in their life, God. As a day where they will look back and say, I've never been the same since then. Father, may they go out and continue to function according to the mandate of the Great Commission and according to the calling and purpose that is uniquely upon each and every one of their lives, but do so with supernatural power in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Well, God bless you. I hope that this message has encouraged you today. We would love to hear from you and help you to take next steps in deepening your relationship with the Holy Spirit and this journey of faith that you're on. We'd love to help you to discover God's purpose and destiny on your life and help you to be able to function in the fullness of that. In just a moment, you're going to hear how you can reach out to us and connect so that we can come alongside of you and do that. It's been great being with you today as we close. Would you do me a favor? Just let us know where you're watching and where you're listening from. We love seeing all the cities, all the locations, all the states who are tuning in with us every single week. God bless you and have a wonderful day.